Welcome to another episode of Slaying Your Giants. I'm your host, King David Haynes. Just uh, thanking God for another day. Just glad to be here today. Thank you for listening to the show. We want to give a special shout out to some of our international listeners. We, we've, we've got listeners in the Russian Federation, in Brazil, Argentina, Turkey, England, Italy. Keep listening. And uh, we hope you guys are enjoying the show. We, we want to just say a quick prayer. We come before you, Lord, in the name of Jesus just thanking you for this time with our guest today. Uh, may your will be done in our lives, Father. Thank you for your love, your kindness, your healing. And thank you for delivering us from all these terrible addictions that have derailed our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now... Our guest today is Mare Wallington. She is a very energetic lady, going to be a wonderful guest. She's a licensed massage therapist. She's a certified life coach, a licensed reflexologist, and she obtained her BS from Eastern University of Connecticut. And with all that said, we'd just like to introduce Mayor Wallington. How are you, Mayor? I am quite well, King David. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm just excited to have you as a guest on the show. And thank you for agreeing to provide some inspiration and insight for our listeners. My pleasure. Thank you for asking me. Well, and I'd like to start by, you know, learning uh, a little more about you. Um, you don't sound like you're from Texas. I'm certainly not from Texas. <laughs> I am from New Jersey. I was born in New Jersey, and I was in New Jersey until I was about 16. And then... Um, my years, my my 20s, I landed in Connecticut. So you're talking to me from Connecticut where it is cold and there's snow on the ground, but I'm grateful for that. Well, it sure. Is. Sure. And, and, and I like Connecticut, you know, in the summertime. But uh, you, you guys do have the orange and red leaves and, and green and yellow. And, and so, the, yeah, the trees are beautiful. Yes, they are, and uh, I like that you have the Texas weather there. That is nice and warm. I'm looking. <laughs> I have been to Texas before, and it was in the Dallas area, and they had like food truck alley, and it was just wonderful. All the different varieties of food that I could uh, indulge in. It was nice. Well, it it it. We laugh all the time uh, at some of our northern neighbors. Um, you know, it, it, it's what's been going on in the north. I mean, uh, down here it was 68 degrees yesterday and blazing sunshine. And so, you know, but just the same way, I mean, when they had the Super Bowl here, it was an ice storm. Yeah, 
you know, that weekend. So it's kind of unpredictable, but it is what it is, and, and, and we'll take it. This is where the Lord set us down, so we make the best out of it. So, right, and I know there's two things I can't control: is the weather and people. No, that's correct. Uh, you you got that right, and you cannot control another person. Only can control right. yourself, and that is a handful in itself. Just trying to control our own actions. Right. So, so now, Mayor, how was it? Uh, uh, you you grew up in New Jersey until you were about sixteen. Can you tell us a little about uh, you know your home life? Uh, how was it when you were a young child? So as a young child, uh, I'm the oldest of three. I have two siblings, which are brothers. Um, when I was younger, I was uh, you know I was in kindergarten, <laughs> and my hair. I was platinum, and uh, I was made fun of quite a bit, and I remember crying and just telling my mom, please dye my hair, please, please, and begging, and um, I remember her telling me, no, you need to be your own person. Well, I cried so much, she just, she was beside herself, and you know, um, she went and talked to my grandmother, my great-grandmother, and she shared with me, uh, she had a conversation with me. And she shared with me how when she was younger, how um, her parents and her were constantly moving. They were from out west, and they would move from town to town. As as time would go by, the townspeople would not be welcoming to them because she was Native American and uh, her father was English. So they wouldn't be kind to people that were different than them because they didn't understand them. Wow. And so she shared with me that it's not people's fault because some people can open their minds more about situations than others. And she goes, you know, sometimes people can't open their minds anymore and difference is uncomfortable for them, someone who's different than them. So she shared this with me and she shared with me, uh, she says, I'm going to tell you something that you're not going to understand, but I'm going to tell you anyhow. And mm-hmm. she says, I want you to always be true to yourself. And I looked at her and I said, what? She goes, right, it's not going to make sense today, but one day it will. Mm. And I said, okay, so does that mean mommy's going to color my hair? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and I said, but I thought you were going to make do that and she said no (laughs) and I was looking at her like are you kidding me right but the thing that was beautiful about that was always be true to yourself as I grew older it made me okay with the fact that I am different and I need to embrace different things in my life and I'm grateful at this point in my life that we're not all the same that each and every person is different and each and every person has their own experiences. Now certain parts of that experience may be similar and you may be able to identify with other people, but the thing that's important is no two experiences will ever be the same, even if you had two people experiencing the same thing because we interpret and we have our own perceptions of things. Amen. And I'm, yes, right? And I'm so grateful because shortly after that she passed. 
Mm. But I was so grateful that she was able to instill that in me, and I did carry it through uh, the out throughout the different points of my life. And I reflect on it, and now I give grace, and I'm grateful that that is a part of me. That lesson that was taught to me. Um, so yeah, so I had that as younger, and then I had two brothers. Uh, one there's a five-year difference and the other's a seven-year difference and I was very grateful each day that they were born each time when they were born I was grateful I wasn't um, jealous I was grateful that they were placed in my life but I remember at age seven um, there was I was um, molested by a great uncle hmm. and I, I was told not to say anything to keep it secret and all of this and being a child you know I was to have respect for my old elders. Right. So I, I did what I was told, but it didn't feel right. So it went on for about a year, and the thing that was interesting about that is in that course of that year, um, I was doing um, Catholic school. It was uh, first communion classes. Okay. And I had a lot of questions about God. And so, um, and I, I, this was when I was starting to build a foundation, and I was, in, my, I was informed to stop asking questions. Mm. So I didn't. I continued to ask questions, and then um, they then asked my mother to have a conversation with me to have me stop asking questions. And the questions were like, well, what is, what is God about? Why, what, why would God want to protect me? Why would I need another father? Like, things of those, like a seven-year-old's mind, and the questions that you would be asking. Right, so right. My mother um, had a conversation with me, and she explained that it was important that I go and I learn, like, with everyone else, so I could have an understanding of God and the, the principles and the foundation of the religion in the Catholic world. Mm-hmm. And so um, I go the next week to class and guess what I asked a bunch of questions again (laughs) I was very very inquisitive as a child so then they had another conversation with my mother and they said you know what you don't need to bring Marianne anymore because my I go by mayor but my birth name is Marianne and only bring her the day that everybody else gets their first communion and she will receive her first communion so here's what I learned and I know now then as a seven-year-old I felt um, I wasn't good enough for God because I would pray all the time because of the um, events that were taking place in my life and it didn't feel right and I didn't understand it so I was praying for God to help me Mm. Um, and I was praying for this to stop And with me getting kicked out of um, these classes, I realized, well, maybe I'm not good enough for God. And um, that was like what was instilled in me at a young age, or my thoughts. It was what I referred to as a story. This was the story, the baseline of what um, I was creating for myself. Wow. I, I know exactly what you mean on that. Uh, I don't know if all the children had him, but I, I had stories. I, 
I decided, you know, that this was true about myself uh, because it was a child's mind and it wasn't true. It it just right. it just seemed as if two and two equaled four. And Correct. yeah, and so I ran on with it like it was packed. Uh I but it did the same. Yeah. You, know, you don't know what you don't know until you know something else. So for me that just seemed to be what was the truth of it at that point. Yeah, yeah, I, I I hate to hear that. Uh, with with that going on, with you those events happening, and then you 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 look for help at the church, and uh, they kind of just tell you to leave her at home because she asked too many questions, and just bring her on the day we graduate. As right, but you know, here's what I also gained from that, King David, is the fact that. Um, they didn't know what was going on and they only know what they know and people are fallible. Um, so when, you know, we put someone of an authority figure on a pedestal, we're going to knock them off at some point, right? Right. Knock someone off a pedestal. I don't know where they belong in my life, or they may not know where they belong in my life. But here's what happens: like you, you just have to realize that people are fallible. We're human, right? We make mistakes, and that's just part of it. Is what I can look and see now. Hasn't always been the case, that's for sure. Well, that's that's well said, and and people are fallible, and. They also can turn around and do a lot of good. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, so we have to balance it out. Uh, no, they they uh, they weren't necessarily at fault, but you would just like to think, you know, a child needs help, and there's somebody there, somebody there to help. So now, uh, as we as we uh, went on. Okay, you you got involved uh, with alcohol and and drugs. Can you tell me a little bit about how that started or how it came about? Yep. So um, I guess what I want to say is I was always uh, I was from New Jersey, and the ocean is right there. So the ocean's been very much a part of me. Okay. But even when I would go to the ocean, there was still a disconnect for me. Um, and I guess from ages, uh, tw- I started drinking at 12. Hmm. And, um, and part of the reason for me to start drinking at 12, um, that there was incest as well. So from 12 to 16, and I didn't know how to handle these feelings. And um, again, it was these secrets that had to be kept and these stories that were going on about how not to tell anyone. Um, and so I didn't know how to deal with those emotions. Uh, it was very uncomfortable. It was very uh, scary. And just not having the resources, I started to drink at 12. And so one of the things that drinking did for me is it was a numbing agent. So I didn't have to feel, I didn't have to have emotions. I couldn't, I could, uh, you know, it was a warm, like the very first drink I had was like this warm sensation going through my body. And uh, I just remember that there was a certain 
comfort of knowing that I could feel that warmness in me after having alcohol. Hmm. And so um, it continued, and I was, uh, because I knew, I felt uncomfortable about what was going on, I couldn't talk to anybody or share anything, um, I was very good at disappearing, uh, being in a room of one when that one was me, because I just drank just to get through, like, just so I could function, um, and it seemed to do the trick, you know, throughout that time period. All right, Mark. So then, let me stop you one minute. We need to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with our guest in just a moment. Thank you for listening to Slaying Your Giants, a syndicated podcast brought to you by our sponsor, Dewey's Barbecue Market. Dewey's is a purveyor of fine meats. Texas-style hardwood fire pit barbecue since 1951. Hickory smoked meats prepared in Texas African-American tradition. Dewey's offers whole briskets, hams, slabs of ribs, Polish sausage, and smoked turkey. You can visit their website, deweysbarbecuemarket.com. And I'll spell that D-E-W-E-Y-S-B-B-Q, market.com. The barbecue is just B-B-Q. Dewey's B-B-Q market.com. And order yours today. Okay, we're back with Mayor Wallington. And... We thank you for being here as our guest today, and we were speaking of uh, the start of your drinking. You were around 12 years old, and those those numbing effects uh, and that warm alcohol coursing through your body, I, I can certainly relate, but boy, that's a mighty young age to start. That is... Yes. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty young to start, and I I wonder how did you, because it didn't happen for me like that at that young of an age. How did you manage the school and all of that? I you know initially it was just one of those things where I could just numb out after school, so it wasn't you know I didn't think in my mind that it was a problem, but you know I. I wasn't a, um, I was so derailed with and preoccupied with other things that were going on. Um, school was a challenge for me, absolutely. And then um, I also um, had several um, challenges regarding school, uh, dyslexia and just reading. So it was just very challenging. But, you know, my, my mom... She made sure that I got the assistance that I needed throughout that time period. Like she was always registering me. She didn't know what was going on, but she was doing the best that she could, knowing that something wasn't right. You know, I'm going to make sure that whatever it is. And this was, this was many years ago. You know, I'm 50 young, and I love being 50 young. But <laughs> when I was a child, these weren't things that. Um, 
people knew how to handle or what to do with as they do these in today's world. Yes, yes. So, they, yeah, um, I, I understand. There was many different challenges, and plus the fact that I was so quiet, uh, my social skills weren't developed, and I wasn't developing because I just wanted to withdraw all the time. I didn't want the attention. I didn't want to be... Um, so the drinking when I would go home was where I could just kind of, oh, okay, I'm safe now. It was what helped make me feel safe, the alcohol. Sure. And, you know, um, so as time marched on through the years, you know, um, the abuse was continuing and I was still functioning. And then my mother, she um, had been diagnosed being bipolar, so she would have fits and I would be taking care of my brother. Now, I feel that it was a misdiagnosis, but, but this is just a kid, right? Like all these things, but it's still not helping. But this is what she was being told was going on and she was being treated for. But at the end, I was responsible for my schoolwork, my brother cleaning the house, cooking, feeding, making sure that everything was okay. So it was, it was a lot at a young age. Um, I am grateful for is uh, when I and, and here's the thing like throughout this time period I call it um, God was planting seeds in my life amen and the seeds were being yes the seeds were being planted because I was inquiring because I didn't have a religious foundation but I was curious so I was always saying Could I, can I try a different religion so my mom would take me, because she wanted me to have religion in my life. She just didn't understand what was going on. So I would try Baptist. I was trying all types. I would try um, Lutheran. I tried Jehovah. I tried all types of religions. Um, you know, even, um, uh, you know, and, and nothing seemed to click for me. So in doing that, I said, you know what, how about just Mother Nature? I like Mother Nature. Mother Nature works for me. So I turned that into a higher power throughout that time. So it's funny, you know, when I was a little kid, this lot had trees, but to me it was a forest. Okay. So I would go there and I would just kind of sit and just be quiet. So little did I know I was meditating, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and, and I would just pray and say, okay, can something change? Like, I wasn't praying to an individual, but just praying, like, something needs to change. So what changed was when I became 16, I, I, I just couldn't take it anymore. It was just more than I could bear. So I, I did try to commit suicide by drinking myself to death. Oh, wow. Yeah, so in doing that, I thought I was successful and I remember crying I remember saying God please help me if I could just be of service or if my life from what I've gone through because again I, I couldn't express it I couldn't talk about it but if I could just help one person and know that that one person is being helped then that's that's great well and I I hear you and 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 what I heard you say is you cried out to God and yes, David, I certainly did. Yes, and I did as what you were rolling down my face. I had no idea what else to do, where to go. I I couldn't do it anymore. I was spent. 
Yeah, I know, and I, I, I'm just so thankful that you did. I cried out to him, and I take that as the, the beginning of the rest of your life. Right. You know, it's amazing. Like, asking for help was a foreign concept to me, but I was just so, I didn't know what else to do, you know? And I, I just cried and I just begged for God to help me somehow, some way, but not only for me, for help for me, but so I can be of help and service to others as well. Well, and that, that that's part of the deal, and I, I, I'll be honest, uh, I was just crying out for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's at some point that the Lord let me realize that we can take these same negative uh, events that are part of our lives and we can flip them around and use them to help somebody who's younger, who who's not as far along with it, uh, who doesn't have any answers or any guidance, and they can use what we've already been through. Uh, Amen. I, I agree. And and but at, at that first day I was just crying out for me. Uh, because I I'm just like you. I had had enough. And and I wanted to try something different, and so you you cried out to God, and I know He hears you, and He knew you. He did. Yes, and He yes. He starts you on a different path. Uh, so yes. so now what happened? What happened uh, going forward from there? Well, at that point, what happened? The next day I woke up with a horrific headache and a hangover that I had never experienced before in my life and mm. I was like I looked up and I said alright show me the way give me the strength to do what it is I am meant to do so at that point I did go and tell someone everything that had been happening mm-hmm. and then we went to family services and um, the chain of events started mm. and so I was from the home and then um, I was placed in a foster home and the first foster home didn't work out so great but the second one really did and I'm still in contact with them as of today as well oh that's great yeah and so in saying that one of the things that I was really happy happy about when I went to my new foster home was the fact that they had this thing called box wine (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. And here's the thing, neither one of them was ever, like, checking in with the other one, thinking, like, hey, you're drinking too much, or what's going on, like, that never was said, so I was able to have a pretty good hookup there for, for my, my alcohol. Right, okay. <laughs> you know? I was like, thank you, my prayers have been answered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right there at home. process and all of that, I was given a scholarship to go to um, college in New Jersey. It was was a Glassboro State, now known as Rowan College. But because I had all these um, challenges, I wasn't really uh, ready for college. And I had 
um, counselors in high school that were telling me I would never be college material. Mm. But I was placed in college and I stayed there for a semester and a half. And then, um, but drinking, absolutely. Unleashed. Drinking unleashed. And uh, I, I couldn't stay there anymore because I wasn't getting the help I needed. I was becoming very frustrated. I just didn't know what else to do. So I ended up dropping out. Mm. And then um, I started to go to an industry that kind of supported my, my, um, my drinking habits. Uh, it was um, the food and beverage industry. Yes. I, yes. Thought, I thought you might say that. Yes. I became a bartender, a food server, so it, it worked. And I do, I even to this day, I have a passion for good food and um, conversation, and I love creating recipes in my kitchen. And I, I found that I can use different things to get fabulous flavors without having to use alcohol. All right. For flavors uh, in dishes, absolutely. So, you know, I've created a new level of fun in my life. Well, that's what we have to do. I, I've, I've heard it said that you have to create this new life. You know, God is not going to do it all for us and just snap his mighty fingers. And you have to create, yeah, you have to create another life. I, I, I agree with you, you know, I agree with the fact that absolutely, you know, it's not just because we ask, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's poof, in no. front of us, we don't have to do any work, No. you know, it's part of, um, it's doing, you know, it's, it's a process, and it's a evolving, and growing, and in order to do that, and contributing, and in order to do that, we have to be in action. Well, it, I know I can't say we. I, I am in action. Yeah. I created a life that is beyond my wildest dreams and keeps on getting better and better. Well, I, I. Does that mean I don't have any hardships or any challenges? Of course, there's hardships and challenges. But here's what I do know as well, King David, is the fact that you know you can't have one without the other. But I know that being a sober woman now, um, I'm so grateful for the different things that are placed in my life. And I learn how to accept things better and move through it quicker, where I don't get hung up on things as much. Well, I, I, I tell you, you've done a marvelous job. And uh, I was just reading, you know, over some of your, your bio before the show. And... Uh, uh, you you've you've done these things that you you kind of think of a person as the 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 physiological, the mental, and you look at each part of that person. Yes, and. You have you have become a life coach, and I was really uh, interested in 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 hearing more about that. Uh, I I see that you are a life coach whose purpose is to be a catalyst for change, and I like that because that's that's kind of what we're doing here is helping you know, water or bring about or, 
you know, help push to bring about and be a catalyst for change for those that need to change. Yes, I, I agree. Um, it's important to have a platform, a place where, where you can feel safe and um, that you know that you can be vulnerable and exposed because I had to go through those things and I know what it's like. Um, and how it's important it is to know that there, there's someone that you can turn to. And there's certain times that it's important to go and talk with a therapist as well. And the difference between therapy and life coach is like with a therapist, you're dealing with the past and you're helping them, you know, individuals, because I've done therapy as well. You help them through that, where with the life coaching, you're dealing with the present and moving forward and creating a roadmap of what it is you want to obtain in your life. Now, that's a good explanation uh, that helped me right there. Uh, the the therapist is dealing with what has already happened and how that affects you. And the life coach is taking the present and moving forward toward the future uh, to try to help the person obtain the goals they're after and what have you. Did, yes, that's exactly... Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, now, I, wa I want to know, okay... Did, did you go to school to become, is, is there a curriculum that's that's leads to being a life coach or is that through uh, walking through the fire yourself? Well, it, it's a combination. I definitely went to school. I went and I got certified for it through um, corporate and wellness uh, training and they're out of Ontario. Uh, they were in you know, and I'm grateful that I was able to take that program because it had 200 hours of training and just, uh, it was absolutely fabulous. And really, a lot of us, we have answers, but it's the questions that are being asked, you know, like to really dig deep and come up with the answers that we're looking for. And we have to be honest uh, with whom, if we choose to work with someone, that we're willing to do the work and dig in because, you know, you get to a place where you're like, I just can't do this anymore. Life is not where I want it to be. And that's because your um, life conditions are not matching your blueprint. And that is something that um, Tony Robbins has shared. And I, I agree with that. And I, I appreciate that. And I know that's where my frustration in my life throughout the different phases that I've gone through came into play. And, you know, I was willing to do the work and I was willing to um, stay the course because I knew that I didn't want what I was currently experiencing. And, you know, I was uh, dealing with drug and alcohol into my 20s, my 30s. You know, I am now a sober woman and I've been sober for seven and a half years. And, you know, that in itself, and I work a, a solid program. And I now have uh, God. I remember the day I brought God back into my life. And, and for that, I'll be eternally grateful. And I pray and I meditate and I give thanks. And I also um, listen to inspirational things and speakers. And I'm very grateful that all of that has been placed in my life. And I said, you know what? Um, I was in corporate America when I had my first exposure to a life coach. And it was uh, due to um, being working at a company 
where there were was layoffs, and I was a uh, subcontractor, but for all their employees, they were getting life coaches. And so I said, you know what, that's something I need to look into for myself. So I did, and it was amazing how uh, successful it was for me to experience that. And I knew that it was important that I go and I find out more about this, and then I went for training, and I started infusing that into my life. So, yeah, there's, there's healing that happened in um, me going through my process and then me um, being available for others to go through their process as well. Well, that's, that's the powerful part there. Uh, I, I, I like Mayor's motto, embrace your empowerment. That's Absolutely. Embrace your yes, empowerment. Yes. I like it that. It's so important. We all, you know, we all have our own experiences, our own trauma in doing the work that I have done. And I haven't, I'm not saying with everyone, but the majority of us, and myself included, is we experience an event somewhere between the ages of four and 12 where we decide we don't need anyone else's help I can do this on my own and I will prove to the world that I can do this on my own <laughs> so we, we developed this mindset right and I certainly did this so when it came time for me to ask for help because I was in the belly of despair I was um, beside myself my drinking and my, I uh, did abuse prescription drugs as well, um, was out of control. And I was becoming a person that I couldn't even look at in the mirror. Like, I didn't even know who I was anymore because I just was so far off track. Hmm. And so I looked and I, I said, okay, I need some help. And along the way of my journey, there were people that were placed in my life that had sobriety at different points and different checkpoints and there was an amazing person that was placed in my life prior to me asking for help um, that had sobriety and had multiple years of sobriety and knew what to do and how to talk to me and how I could understand um, certain things and so right there when it came time for me to ask for help I was able to sit down and have a conversation around it. And I said, I, I need help. Would you please um, work with me? And the answer was yes. And it was interesting because they're like, okay, there's different programs that are out there, but this isn't any programmed rules. These were my rules on top of. And if you're willing to do those things, um, then I will definitely work with you. So they were laid out to me, and I agreed, you know, to do those things. And I'm so grateful that I had the courage in me. And that was that was God-given. That wasn't me, you know, because I was used to trying to suffocate everything. I didn't want to have feelings. I didn't want to have emotions. And so, you know, um, the same way that these things have been placed in my life for me to become a life coach and work with people... Those were things that were placed in my life. It was up to me to do the work, but they were things that were the seeds were planted. Yes. So yes, that's yeah. what that's what I hear is 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 God had placed people in your life that He knew 
were needed and necessary. And back from that time when you cried out to him, you know, as we say, he's he works it in different ways with different people. You know, everybody is not going to be a preacher or, or a deacon or what have you. Uh, but they still are valuable and loved by God. And he takes them on their own journey. Because that's exactly what it was. And now I know that God never left me. No. You know, um, my higher power, which I choose to call God, never left me at all. I was the one that just couldn't understand it. So all of these beautiful things were placed in my life. And then once I asked and surrendered and uh, started having a better relationship, and that's the thing that was beautiful is, you know, within cultivating relationships, friendships, it's it's having a conversation, it's having quiet time, it's understanding each other, and that's what I had to do with the God of my understanding. Is I had to start praying and meditating and just just being and starting ask questions to other people who had a better understanding of religion than I did at that time so I could start to make an informed decision for myself well I I'm I, I'm just enjoying listening to you uh, uh, I really am and and I'm thinking about you as a life coach I just think this that's great with the type person you are and the outgoingness and energy uh, for that to rub off, you know, on another. So do you work with men and, and children also? Or? I, I do. Um, so it's, it's um, I look at myself as my superpowers are working with women uh, that have a year or more um, sobriety, and even if they don't have that year, I would definitely have conversations with them. But I know that's like where my superpower lies. But I also work with men and children as well. Um, absolutely. That that uh, your superpower. So a woman that 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 has that that year of sobriety under her belt, uh, she's obviously done some things right and gotten gotten going on to the right path and so you you're meaning that that's your greatest success uh by saying your superpower well that's where my strength lies when i refer to my superpower. oh i got you i i i tap into um my experiences and i share the different resources the tools now i can share that with others too but that's where um, I really, like, when my, uh, I started to become steady on my feet. I got you. I got you. Yeah. And, but it's not saying that I don't, but that's just what works, like, that lights me up. But I get lit up with transformation in general. When I know that there's someone that wants to change and that is willing to do the work and that they are on board and they're willing to do the deep dive when deep dive has to be done and that there's a trust there, then I am happy to work with the individuals. But, but it's up to them and they have to decide when 
enough is enough and reach out and ask for that help. No one else can do it for them other than themselves. So once they, they're on board and they've realized this is where they want to be, then that's wonderful. Well, I, I, I'd like for you now uh, to to uh, give us some information because I, I bet you there's someone who would love to be in further contact with you. And, uh, you know, you guys can talk and, and work out what you need to. What about uh, contact information? If somebody wants to contact you about becoming a life coach for them. Absolutely. So right now, uh, my website is Mare, M-A-R-E, Consulting, and that is LLC.com. And um, what I'm offering is a gift. My gift is I would offer a free two-hour coaching session. So at this time, so that way we can uh, create some change, you know, a roadmap for them to move into the life that they know that they are meant to have and help, um, have, have, you know, create that within that two-hour period. Well, great. So they go to your website and, uh, and then they can, they can sign up and, and contact you from there. Yep, so they can go to my website and um, also my um, contact information. So they can contact me um, in regard to the coaching session uh, either by um, email or they fill out a form and then uh, they can send that to me and uh, we can then schedule a time that works best for both of us. And for me, I it, it doesn't have to be someone that's in... Connecticut or someone that's in Texas like we will have a conversation a powerful empowerment conversation so that way they can start to see where they want to uh, put their energies in their life well that's just and again that's Mayor Consulting LLC.com well that's and just great Consulting LLC.com well and I encourage anyone that's that's thinking about it to to contact Mayor uh, and 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 utilize some of her experience, strength, and hope uh, that it you know has brought her uh, such a long way. We we uh, we just thank you for for being here with us, and and you know we I'd like you to leave us with any advice you may have for the listeners uh anybody uh who's caught in you know bad situations at home maybe uh any last things you would like to leave with them um well there's there's uh, yeah i think it's important well first of all if it's a bad situation i think it's important that you um be true to yourself and know that you know it doesn't have to continue right uh so that i think safety and well-being is very very important and there are resources available and you may think there aren't or there isn't anyone that can help you but there are resources available um so that's first and foremost and second of all once um 
start doing our work and we get stronger, I think it's important and uh, we're starting to live into the life that we feel we are meant to. One of the things that I have learned is um, the mindset. So when we have thoughts and we go what I refer to down the rabbit hole, it's like when you have a negative thought and then you keep on piling more and more negative thoughts on top of that, it becomes heavier and heavier and it's hard to be optimistic. It's hard to feel the, the light of day. And sometimes just being outside, taking a nice deep breath in through the nose, out <laughs> through the mouth. There you go. Very grounding. Okay. And when we're grounded, we have a tendency to be able to make informed decisions. And that helps. And it's just one of the most simplest tools that we could ever be given but it's very, very powerful and effective. Well, I thank you so much uh, for that wisdom and insight. I've enjoyed uh, uh, our time here together and uh, just so glad you had the time to, to take out and be with us here today. We'd also like to remind everyone uh, to support the show if you can with a small donation you can uh, uh, support us on anchor.fn you can support us and join our community on patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com and there you search for King David Haynes's page uh, we we Accept all of the support, all of the prayers and good thoughts that you guys have. We want to thank Robert Fitzpatrick for joining the Patreon community as a patron of the show. And God willing, we will be here again next week with another interesting guest. Thank you for your so attention. Just, and oh, go ahead, Mark. Mayor? Uh, I just wanted to say thank you, and I am very grateful to have been a guest on your show today. Well, we. That, uh, I've been able to um, shed some light and hope and strength uh, to your listeners. Well, and we thank you, have, and, and we certainly appreciate you and, and wish. You know, and pray God's continued blessings on you and your family, because in the end, that's that's who uh, you know turned it around for you, and your your own efforts, of course. But uh, God has a way of cutting through and and getting us to see what's really important and how to go further and proceed and. We just really thank you uh, for sharing this with us, and we have thoroughly enjoyed your episode. And you know, with, like you said, we might get you back on with some follow-up. <laughs> that sounds great. Have a beautiful day. Okay, and we thank everybody, and God willing, we'll be back with another episode next week. Thank you.